Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma and an uppercase D. This is also a daily lineup league domination episode. Uh, so everything that um, I talk about today will pertain exclusively to leagues in which you can change your lineup every single day of the week. Uh, it is February 7th, I believe, 2023. And I have pretty much exclusively talked about my strategy this year as going after five category hitters um, and until uh, you run out of them and then and then going heavy on starting pitching between uh, picks. It, uh, I used to say between pick 100 and 270, but it's been more like 90 and 270 as I run out of true five category contributors at around pick 90 and Tyler Glass now is usually there. However, um, I want to talk about a strategy uh, for a, a probably son of a gun, probably just a nine or uh, rather a 10 hitter league. Um, I would have to do some thinking about it probably would work better for a 14 hitter league, but I don't know any 14 hitter leagues in which uh, you can alter your lineup every single day. Um, so actually in shallower leagues, it's better. Okay, so basically you go ahead and you draft the best players available. Um, now, you, you don't go by position um, because what you're going to do, and there's a little quirk I think it's mathematically a little improbable what's happened, um, but you can, um, if you platoon Rockies hitters, which is, I think, the best park, home games is the best park overall for hitters, certainly for average and hits, and maybe run production, but the other park, you platoon them with... Um, Rockies hitters with Reds hitters, and I know there aren't that many, uh, but we're going to talk about some that may surprise you. You platoon them with Reds hitters, uh, and that is a park that is, um, I've heard over and over again, and you probably have as well, by far, by far, the best home run park in the major leagues. That's not going to change. Um, the quality of hitters there are just about the same as last year. Maybe we've replaced Tommy Pham, who was there for part of the year, with a Will Myers. Um, different skill set, maybe, but I actually don't think it's going to be too different. Low average, uh, maybe 20s in the homers, and uh, a couple stolen bases. Now, so I still recommend, you're not going to draft, uh, you might draft Will Myers at the end, but I'm talking about guys like Jake Freely and TJ Friedel, possibly, okay? You're not going to draft those guys. But um, here's what you're going to do. Uh, when the... Let's take uh, Tyler Stevenson, for example, who's probably going to play 140, 150 games if healthy. Now, he had last year an OPS uh, at home at the Reds. He's their catcher, but he's going to play some first base and maybe outfield. Um, and he was injured, I think, the last two years. But um, he's, he's going to be healthy for the start of this year. He had an OPS over 1,000 at, um, I don't know what it's called. So 
at home with the Reds, um, some bank. And, uh, and uh, he had a seven-something OPS on the road. The year before, he had a high 800s OPS at home. Um, and the year before that, he, he only had about, uh, I don't know, 70 plate appearances. So and he was actually slightly better on the road, but that will not bear out. He had like an eight something in 2021, high 800s. And I believe a f in the 500s um, or low 600s on the road. So let's just take uh, Tyler Stevenson for your catcher position as an example. Now, he's going around pick. Uh, he's probably the highest guy we're looking at out of all of these guys. But he's going um, at about 135. You draft him. You could maybe approach 20 home runs. Um, and you could maybe get 80, 90 RBI out of him. Um, his runs are probably going to suffer unless he bats second which I don't think he will, Fraley or India will, but um, you're going to get 81 games at home of maybe not a 1,040 OPS like he had last year, but probably somewhere in the 900s because that's what he's demonstrated on average over the last two and a half seasons. Um, and so, which is, he's only been up two and a half seasons. And um, he batted 317 last year with like six home runs and, I don't know, 50 games, something like that. Um, but you're going to get that really, really great OPS um, at for 81 home games. Now, the Reds and Rockies lineup, okay, and, and I put this in my book that's going to come out um, February 28th on Amazon self-publish, whatever. It's called uh, The Obsessive Guide to Fantasy Baseball 2023. It's by Jackson Steels. That's not my real name, but... Jacks and steals. I thought I'd do a pun. Jackson steals home runs and stolen bases. Okay, you get it. And, um, oh my good God. And, um, so let's just go ahead and pause right there. So, 81 home games with a 900 OPS for a guy that's going to play almost every day at the catcher position. And it is pick 135, and that's pretty high. But the other games, you are going to get, okay, an 162-game schedule, 51 home games at Coors Field, um, where Elias Diaz uh, hit, uh, had an 870-something OPS at home last year. The year before, he had a high 700s. Um, and so you're going to get 51 of those games. You are then going to get five road games of Elias Diaz on the road. Worthless, maybe, maybe you get a, a couple extra, whatever. Um, and then um, you are going to get uh, 36, I believe, away games of Tyler Stevenson, where he still has, um, or at least last year, he had a high 700s OPS. I think it was pretty bad in, um, I think it was in the 600s in um, 2021. Or maybe I'm thinking of Diaz. Maybe it was in the low 700s or high, high 600s. Uh, but if you total that all up, you're going to get 132 games from your catcher position at either the Reds home park 
or Coors Field. Okay, you're also going to get um, many more games where Tyler Stevenson is on the road. Uh, 51 more for Tyler. No, no, I'm sorry. Where Tyler Stevenson is on the road, 36, and then five when Tyler Stevenson does not have a game, but Elias Diaz does, and he's on the road. Now that totals 173 games. Um, possible. Uh, I'm sorry. So Elias Diaz is going around pick 350. He's probably not going in your standard 23 person draft. Um, so, so he's free. Okay. Nobody's picking him. You can pick him with your last draft, but don't draft him. Okay. So you're going to get 800s OPS for about uh, 50 games uh, from Diaz. Now, okay, so here's the thing. Here's one drawback. Elias Diaz only starts about 102 games on average over the last two years out of 162. However, um, so for those 51 home games, if you, it's a daily lineup league, if you decide that, or if you just see that Elias Diaz is not starting in that game, and there's about a third of the games he won't start, um, then uh, you have Tyler Stevenson in all but five days of the season um, to play a road game. So you, you may end up with, uh, let's say, instead of 51 home games at Rocky Stadium or what, at Coors Field, uh, you'll have maybe 35 home games from Elias Diaz, and you'll have 50-51 road games for Tyler Stevenson. Like I said last year, he still had a high 700s OPS, uh, and he'll hit in a good part of the order. Um, you know, listen, the Reds lineup is bad. It's not Oakland bad, but it's bad. Um, and, but it's a lot better at home, uh, let me tell you. And um, and uh, he'll hit in the good part of it. If you hit in the good part of the lineup, you should get either RBI or runs. If you hit fifth uh, in that lineup with Jonathan India, Fraley, who can get on base, um, maybe you hit behind Joey Votto, who maybe has a good OBP, I don't know, bounce back, um, then, then you'll get some decent RBI opportunities. Uh, in about a third of the season, um, Tyler Stevenson last year at 35 um, RBI. That's good. I mean, it projects to 100. He's not going to get 100 RBI, but you can see where you could. If he bats second, he's not going to get a lot of RBI because um, he'll just have really the leadoff hitter who will probably be India or Fraley, who and they both get on base at a decent clip. Um, they're, they're decent hitters to knock in because their eighth and ninth hitter won't be good. Um Unless, you know, they have three breakouts this year, one from Nick Senzel, et cetera, and Barreo. So, um, so you're going to get some pretty good numbers there. So, and, and you're going to get 162 out of your catcher. It does take two roster spots, but that's what we're going to do with a lot of people here. Um, so I looked through the Reds and Rockies and uh, lineup, and I said, well, Okay, let's look at their splits and see who's worth drafting just for their home, um, you know, performance. Um, so this might surprise you. Um, uh, Jake Fraley had, uh, who's projected, I think, to bat second, uh, had a 850 around OPS at home. TJ Friedel had an 875-ish OPS at home. He's in the outfield. Fraley's in the outfield. Um, who else? We had uh, John India, who had, I forget what it was, but he's a good player anyway. 
um, maybe around pick 130, 150 um, at second base, and he had a better uh, OPS at home. Um, I think there was one other player that, that I'm forgetting. Oh, Will Myers. Career, he has exactly an 800 OPS at Cincy, but uh, he's going to hit in a good part of the lineup. He could get, you know, 25 home runs, five steals, and uh, I don't know, maybe bat 250, 260 with a good amount of RBI. Um, he's first base and outfield eligible. Okay, so that's basically it for the Reds. So then let's look at the uh, home excuse me, um, the home performers for the Rockies. Brendan Rodgers, who's going in the 200s at second base, I believe had a, a near 900 uh, OPS at home at Coors Field. Okay, um, uh, McMahon had an over 900. He did have an over 900, Ryan McMahon. He's second and third base eligible. Uh, he had an o over 900 OPS at home at Coors Field. Uh, Jonathan Daza, uh, he had like a, he had a lot of runs, and um, he had he he had like an 800 uh, OPS at home, but he's not worth it because he will not. He has no power, and he doesn't really steal bases, I don't think. Um, but then you have Blackman, Charlie Blackman, who if he did what he did at home, still at home, he has a had a ton of RBI, you know, close to close to maybe, maybe over 50. Um, at home, you know, which obviously projects to over 100 if, if he uh, played a full season at home, um, and he had some good power numbers, and um, who else? Oh, Randall Gritchick had uh, over an 800 OPS at home. Ezekiel Tovar is probably, or at least has a good chance to earn the starting position at shortstop, and he's a, a power speed threat. Um, you know, he could Best case scenario, in my opinion, maybe 260, 2020 um, type of guy at his peak. He, he could be better, um, but but he's a good risk to take, and he's going around you know 250, 260. Um, who else am I thinking about at right? Oh, Chris Bryant, um, who's just kind of a good hitter anyway. Not a ton of power, but a lot of runs. Um, and so here's what you're gonna do because you're not drafting Jake Fraley, but I think you should have him on your roster. This is just an experiment, okay? So you draft your uh, five category guys, standouts, okay? The last kind of five category standout, I would say is um, Luis Robert, or Luis Robert. Um, just because of the risk, and even in like a half season last year, he really only projected for 150 games to be more of a, 2020 guy. Um, it's not really a standout. Um, and with his injury, I mean, it is, but with, with his injury risk, um, you got to bake that in. So, you know, like Cedric Mullins is on the fence, 16 home runs last year. And uh, against lefties, he had like a you know, low 600 OPS. He could even get platooned. Um, he did have 30 steals, but, you know, that's kind of the end of those guys. Uh, they don't need to be a standout in all five categories. They can just be average, but they can't be a tank in anything but average. Okay, they can be a tank in average, like a 230 hitter, um, like a Dalton Bar show. But you do that, five, five tool guys or four category standouts like Mike Trout or Kyle Schwarber, okay? Until you run out 
and then you get um, the best elite starting pitching available. And there are plenty of guys from pick, um, you know, I, I tend to go around pick 90, 80, 80, 90, seventh, eighth round to uh, get off of the five tool guys. Um, but um, you go starting pitching through 260 where you're going to find Trevor Rogers, Tyler Malley, um, and potentially Edward Cabrera. You know, those guys uh, who um, have uh, really good um, setups this year. Um, Tyler Malley, for instance, has an, a sub three and a sub one whip, sub three ERA, sub one whip in the last three years away from Cincinnati, and he just moved to the Twins. Um, that's going to be great for him. Okay, but you're going to do that. You're not going to draft um, unless you run out of starting pitchers. You're not really going to draft any relievers um, unless there's like an Araldis Chapman at the end who has a good chance to at least be the closer. Because why else would he sign with the Royals? Um, or, you know, if there's like a uh, Karen Jack type, who if, uh, you know, Emmanuel Class A goes down immediately, Karen Jack would be a top five closer I've, or in the ballpark. Um, okay, so then post-draft, you're going to have a lot of five-category guys. And with the Reds and um, Rockies, uh, your, your deficit is going to be... Um, you're going to be a little light on power, and you're going to be pretty darn light on stolen bases. So uh, that's why you're going to go after five-category guys, because you're going to keep some of those five-category guys. The ones you are able to trade, you're going to give pretty good deals, all right, to upgrade your starting pitching and relief pitching, okay? Um, so you're going to end up, you know, maybe you give up um, Hunter Green and Tyler Glass now to get... Um, I, I don't know. No, uh, no, no, you're not gonna do that. You wouldn't give up a glass now. But like Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo to get a Sandy Alcantara. You know, a guy who, uh, if someone has you know Alcantara and they need uh, they they need depth at starting pitching uh, because they don't have a lot of strikeouts. You know, so you're gonna get um, better pitchers. You're gonna draft eight or nine um, pitchers. And um, you're also going to be getting rid of some of those extra pitchers. And you're going to use the guys that you don't need because you're going to pick up Reds and Rockies. Um, you're going to use the guys you don't need to give good deals so that you guarantee an upgrade um, in, in your uh, starting pitching and relief pitching. Like, would you give up... Um, let's say Jazz Chisholm and Andrew Vaughn for Emmanuel Class A? I don't know. It'd be pretty tough, but you're going to do it in this one, okay? Um, because you have uh, a second base combo of Jonathan India and Brandon Rogers that is going to produce for you. Um, you're going to give up those stolen bases. Uh, you're going to lose those stolen bases, but you're going to keep three or four stolen base guys out of the original people that you draft. You know, so maybe Jazz Chisholm is a guy that you keep, uh, but maybe you, you give up a Kyle Schwarber or something like that. Um, and, and then uh, you determine, uh, once your pitching staff is kind of at the point where it'd be diminishing returns to improve it, you're going to have an excellent pitching staff. 
Um, and uh, you're going to start with a good pitching staff if you draft from 90 to 260, you know, 80% pitchers. But um, you're going to have an excellent pitching staff after the trade upgrades. You're going to have your stolen bases and power that you keep from your original draftees. And then you're going to plug in um, with your, your um, bench guys, your Reds and Rockies, at the positions that you didn't trade. Okay, so if you traded Jazz Chisholm, then you're going you're gonna to probably have drafted uh, John India uh, and Brendan Rodgers maybe late. Um, and uh, you're going you're gonna to keep those guys. If you are totally out of outfielders because you had to trade uh, your outfielders, um, then you're, believe it or not, going to pick up Charlie Blackman, okay, um, Jake Fraley, and Randall Gritchick and TJ Friedel, and that's probably not going to cover uh, the productions. Maybe you want to keep one um, outfield uh, outfielder that you drafted, but you get the idea. Um, and I recommend the catcher uh, platoon with Elias Diaz and Tyler Stevenson. Uh, and this way, you're going to get, I think, top 10. Uh, I think with just Tyler Stevenson, you're going to get top 10 catcher production. Um, he's going to be one of the catchers, and there are more these days with the DH, but he's going to get uh, position eligibility, which is cool too, just a bonus. But he's going to get uh, you know, one of the maybe uh, seven or eight catchers who will play 150 games, I think, um, if healthy. Uh, and he only, pick, he only costs you a waiver wire pickup of Elias Diaz, and a pick around 130. Um, now you might want to jump and get him at 120 uh, because he's right at the end where kind of a catcher becomes totally useless after that um, or, or totally upside, bow nailer. But you're going to end up with a decently fruitful lineup full of probably eight or nine, maybe seven or eight Rockies or Reds who are going to be on your bench but play them when they're at home. And then you're going to have probably a core four studs of hitters that you drafted. Uh, and then you're going to have, through the trades, from trading your positional players, uh, you are going to have um, an excellent pitching staff and a complete pitching staff. Now, the one concern is you are going to make those other teams better. So don't trade too much with one team and make one team really, really good. Um, I would spread it out, uh, but but that's one experiment that I'm going to be doing with um, some of my, you know, like $50 leagues, and that's that's a little bit on the low end. I, I do $50, $100 leagues, a couple 250s. I might do a couple 500s this year because I feel really confident about, about um, a lot of the deals available and the strategy to take advantage of this year. But, um, yeah, that, that's an experiment to definitely look into and a little a little bit of a quirk in the schedule uh, wherein uh, Rockies and Reds uh, there are only about um, 36 games in which out of 162 in which neither uh, the Rockies nor the Reds are at home another way of putting it is there are 100 and um, 32 such games out of 162 uh, in, in which either you get a Rockies player at home 
or a Reds uh, hitter at home. And the obviousness of this is um, you're taking uh, full advantage. Their ADP, you know, like if Jake Fraley did what he did at home everywhere, he might go, you know, around pick 200 or something. If he had a 8, 840 OPS with, I don't know, around 20 homers and, and 11 steals and 85, 80, something like that, um, that's, that's a good player. It's a good player. Um, and, uh, and, and oh, yeah, like I said, over 800 OPS. So um, you're going to be getting these guys only for those prorated type numbers, uh, which they've uh, proven over the last uh, couple of years uh, to do at home. You're just not going to start them on the road. Um, and, uh, and, and therein, uh, now see, the problem is uh, you might be thinking the roster crunch. You're going to have a lot of bench guys. Okay, you're going to have probably five or six bench hitters. Why is that okay? Because uh, you're going to have traded to upgrade your pitching staff, relievers and starting pitching, in such a way that you're getting a lot of innings, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of wins, a lot of saves from the guys that you do have, such that you really won't need a seventh or eighth starting pitcher. You really won't need a third or fourth um, relief pitcher. Uh, so, you know, I would go 6-3 and then probably about 15, uh, 15, 14 or 15 hitters. But six starting pitchers, but they're going to be great because you're, you're drafting pretty good ones and then you're upgrading them with really good deals. And then, um, and then uh, your, your three closers should be the same as well. Um, I also just wouldn't worry too much about closers unless they're, you know, Edwin Diaz or Class A. Um, because, uh, you know, you can find safe sources. And how many truly reliable safe sources are there where you're going to keep them the whole year and they're going to get saves? Eight, 12 tops. So um, you can find them on the waiver wire. And you're going to have such good uh, ratios and strikeout numbers from your starting pitching that you really don't need to get a, a lower-weighted um, excellent ratios from your closer. Uh, because the six starters are going to pitch far more innings than your closers, and they'll dominate your overall ratio. So, you know, this goes to head-to-head category. It also goes to um, uh, Roto. Um, points leagues, um, you know, it's a little different with stolen bases, obviously. Um, and I, I don't know a points league where it's a daily lineup league, but you could do it. You could certainly do it. Um, and actually, they might even be more valuable because uh, your uh, the Reds and Rockies hitters, because uh, with that, um, that generally rewards OPS uh, more than it rewards number of home runs and uh, stolen bases. Two things that you're going to be a little light on with just the Rockies uh, and Reds. So um, try it out. I'm going to be updating the Rockies-Reds experiment all year. Uh, and um, and letting you guys know how it goes. Good luck.